0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hello everyone, it's Thursday and you know what that means, it's time for Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Friends of Maryland Standard Bridge. and we are so thankful that you guys have joined us on this Thursday afternoon, well it's Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and uh, I'll tell you what Mike, we had a little bit of a technical snafu right there but we got through it, how are we doing out uh, in Illinois today?
2: Well, we got, you know, listen, it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish, especially in horse racing terms. But uh, we've got a great, great show on top for you today, Mike. We're certainly appreciative of everybody that's joining us on this broadcast here today. We're going to be joined by Chantal Mitchell, a uh, Canadian trainer, and, of course, uh, she lost uh, 11 horses uh, in that uh, tragic Classy Lane barn fire. She's going to kind of take us through that, and we'll uh, chit-chat with her for a little bit. We're also going to have uh, DRF's barry own Derek Givner. He'll be joining us on the program uh, at about 15 to 20 minutes or so, and we'll talk uh, a little bit uh, about what he does with the uh, daily racing form. Aaron Merriman, the 2015 North American Dash driving champion, will be here. We'll talk a little bit to him about that exciting last month in the uh, three-horse race between himself, Ronnie Wren Jr., and George Napolitano. Junior, and of course we'll have Brandon Valbo on towards the tail end of the program, and the you guys had a chance to sit down and uh, talk about some of the exciting international action. So another jam-packed show here on this beautiful Thursday afternoon, Mike. And I could say that it's 20 degrees here in the Chicagoland area, and it's certainly a lot better than what it was here Sunday night. Holy moly, was it cold here <laughs> Sunday?
1: I can only imagine. It's been absolutely. Uh... Brutal in Cleveland as well, uh, with uh, sub zero temperatures. But uh, I'll tell you, I'm back in Buffalo today and it's like 25 degrees, so that's that's like summertime, right?
2: Certainly. And uh, for those of you that uh, you know, maybe are going to wager or watch the races uh, for the weekend or whatever you're going to do, you might want to keep an eye on the weather because the east coast is really bracing for what is uh. Advertises a pretty significant snowstorm I mean, some places can get up to two feet I know in the Philadelphia area We're probably going to get around a foot So uh, you might want to keep your eye On the racing lineup And uh, potential cancellations for the weekend
1: Yeah, definitely I agree with you there But uh, Mike, it looks like uh, uh, We've got a quick interruption here One second, okay? Sure Mike, we've got some breaking news here out of Windback Farm. Uh, the first colt to be born at Windback Farm in 2016. And he's from the first crop of sire Captain Treacherous, who went 147 and 1 as a three year old. Uh, his damn restive Hanover went 151 and 4 as a three year old. I'll tell you what, this is an exciting time uh, to see some of the Captain Treacherous horses finally coming out of the uh, breeding shed.
2: Yeah, certainly, and it gives you a reason to use the breaking news thing. You know, we've had this thing in here for a couple of weeks now, and I know you've been trying to use it at every opportunity. And finally, you get a a, a chance to use it today. So, uh, But hats off to all that and uh, to Windback Farms, and uh, we'll see how the horse turns out.
1: Yeah, definitely. If it's anything like his father, this horse is going to be uh, lightning fast. Uh, we all know how, Captain, how fast Captain Treacherous uh, was. But coming up uh, after this short commercial break, Mike, we're going to talk with Chantel Mitchell, and I'll tell you what, I cannot wait to talk to her about raking it in and uh, her win the other night. All right, looks like Mike is screening the first uh, guest. We're going to take it to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll talk to Chantel Mitchell. The Trotcast with Ryan Macedonio is an epic podcast adventure. Join Ryan as he interviews the most infamous people in harness racing and find out why he's doing this 30-second commercial spot with an English accent. Listen, I don't know why I'm doing that, but download The Trotcast with Ryan Macedonio on Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, the Harness Racing Fan Zone app. Google it. To preview this week's episode, I have Amy Holler. Here's the entire Amy Holler interview in five seconds. <laughs> Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook.
3: Quarters of 128 and 2. So Jameson has played the clock
0: all he could. 30 and 4 in the third quarter. But raking it in has put away
3: the favorite. Weaving back on through is the Lone Ranger
4: from the extreme outside. Catch 22 has come a long way from last. Raking it in, clearing late stretch at 7 to 1. Raking it in, and the Lone Ranger. Raking it in, holds off 70 to 1 bomb. The Lone Ranger.
2: Then Hammock Bay up for third. back post time with mike and mike mike bozich and uh, mike carter on this thursday afternoon and we're joined now by uh, canadian trainer chantal mitchell of course uh was involved in that uh tragic classy lane uh barn fire uh lost 11 horses that she trained i believe three of those were yours right chantal uh yes I, I... okay can you can you take us through that day and uh just tell us how you found out about it
5: well i was racing at Woodbine that night i we had left at 5.30, we went to Woodbine, it was a terrible drive there because it was a bunch of traffic, and we made our detention time by two minutes, so we just barely got there in time to race. He raced, It was his first lifetime start, he raced super, we're driving home, um, myself, my boyfriend Chris D'Chenzo, we worked together, and we were just discussing how busy of a day we had the next day, and then maybe some tweaking to do on, on my horse for the next week, and and as we're pulling down the streets, we can see flames coming from our barn. And I first I called one of the maintenance guys at the farm to see if they were there, to see if they knew that it was happening, if they were already under control or, you know, dealing with the situation. But they had no idea because it was the far corner. And our barn that we're in, barn one, was the first one over. So one side was towards the other barn and the other side was towards the woods. And, of course, that's where the fire started. So I immediately called 911. We drove into the barn, opened up the doors to see if we could do anything from the opposite end, and the smoke that came out was just as black as could be and so thick that I couldn't even see a foot in front of me. And there was a bunch of other people at this point at the farm that had come out and there was just nothing we could do. We were waiting for the fire department. As they got there, they said the same thing to us. They said, you did the right thing, not going in. If we would have gone in, they said two breaths of that smoke could have killed us, if not right away, in a couple weeks' time. they we said a lot of times they've heard of people going in to try to save animals or save people, and they 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 breathe in that smoke, and after a couple weeks you can go septic and eventually die. So that was pretty much the extent of it.
1: Well, well Chantel, uh, I just, it's uneven imaginable uh, seeing that and uh, having to go through that and, uh, of course, our deepest sympathies from us here. But uh, let's let's fast forward a week uh, after the fire, uh, raking it in, goes to Woodbine. And I, I tell you what, this is a very, very gutsy horse. And he, he really put on a show at Woodbine uh, the following week
5: did he ever. I mean, he's he's just a big, overgrown baby. He didn't <laughs> – at, at, at two, we we shut him down because he was just immature. And then when he came back at three, he was – he. I trained him in two minutes. And he trained okay, and he just wasn't 100%. And he ended up having a, a minor issue, so we gave him some more time off. And brought him back, and of course he qualified before Christmas. But then there was a bit of a hiatus at Woodbine, so he wasn't able to race or even qualify again. So when he made his first start the week of the fire, I mean, I, there was I was not missing my detention on our way there. We were stuck in traffic for two hours. At the very end, I said, so "We got to get on the shoulder. We're making this time. I am not going to be late." And so when he <laughs> raced, he just, I mean, he he always gives 112 percent, but. He just doesn't know what he's doing. He has no idea. So the next week when I did race him, I was on the fence at first. I was like, do I sit out a week just because of all the, I mean, this horse, he'd never really done too many trailer rides. And that night going to Woodbine, he stood in the trailer for two hours in traffic. And then coming home, he we got home in good time, but then he had to stand on the trailer for another two hours because I just left him there. I didn't know what to do with him while we were waiting for, you know, firefighters and whatever else. And I'm not going to lie, but I kind of forgot about him. And then eventually somebody else in the other barn made up a stall for him, and I brought him in. But I was just, you know, you're in a state of shock. I mean, I didn't even have a water bucket for him because everything was in there. I had to borrow stuff off of neighbors. And so that whole week he was, the first couple days he was kind of out of sorts. And I was like, do I race him this week or do I just wait? And I said, you know what? I waited this long for this horse to race and I think it's best for him if he comes back the next week. Uh, The last thing on my mind was him winning, though, the absolute last thing. So it was a bittersweet surprise, I could say.
2: Chantal, have you had a chance to talk to uh, Ben or or Roger or anybody else that was affected?
5: Uh, Yeah, well, I see Ben at the farm almost every day now. And Roger, I've seen him once or twice since the fire.
2: Was it a situation where you guys, you know, kind of bonded like a family? I mean, especially afterwards.
5: I would say uh, for the most part, yeah, everybody, everybody's a little closer. Um, right now, three of us are, we're all in one shed row. We have one or two horses and we're crammed into one spot together. Whereas before there was the six of the six trainers involved. We were in a 46 horse barn. And so we're all spread out into our separate areas and now we're, we're all right next to each other. So we're closer now than we were before, I would say.
1: Now, Chantel, uh, looking ahead to the future, um, you know, obviously moving on from this and the, the outpouring of support from the industry, uh, we 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 have felt it. Um, we had raised uh, a little over $9,000. We've seen that the Classy Lane uh, official one has raised about 300000 or more. Are, are, are you surprised by the outpouring of support or is this kind of one of those things where this this is where you see their sport really come together and help each other out?
5: Well, to be honest, I'm shocked with all of the support that's out there and I'm just grateful for everything and it's, you always hear about it happening to, you know, there's barn fires all the time, it just seems to be the first time for me at least, it's someone that, you know, I know and other people that I know and it it's just you hear about everyone always banding together and horsemen always coming together in situations like this and it's so heartwarming to see it happening and i i can't say thank you enough to everybody that has donated or that has offered to to, to help me out in any way shape or form it, it's just it's overwhelming it really is
2: Chantal, you've got the great attitude about it because I remember reading an article and a quote that you had, and basically you've got two choices. You either crumple up in a ball or you pick yourself up and just move forward, and that's obviously what what you're going to do. And, listen, it was a pleasure to have you on this program. We certainly appreciate you joining us, and absolute best wishes for you and yours moving forward.
5: Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it, too. I appreciate I especially appreciate you guys um started your own GoFundMe account I'm I'm sure. And uh I, I really appreciate it because it's people you don't I'm I'm sure mo I don't think any of us have ever met you in person and you guys are all out there helping us out. So thank you well, very much.
2: Chantal, I have to tell you, you know, when we opened this thing up, we really didn't know, you know, what to expect. And all of a sudden, it was just like a slot machine. I I mean, that thing kept going up and up and up, and we couldn't hit the refresh button fast enough, and we were just thrilled (laughs) and excited. And, and, you know, we sent those funds to the COSA. But Chantal, best wishes for you going forward, and we certainly appreciate you joining us here today.
5: Thank you very much. Have a great day.
2: All right. That was uh, Chantal Mitchell, Canadian trainer, of course, lost 11 horses Uh, In that uh, barn fire Well Mike uh, looks like we've got Derek Gibner on deck So uh, why don't you take us to break And we'll uh, get Derek lined up
1: Yeah that was awesome to have Chantel on And uh, Mike I'll tell you Having to hold back uh, my tears there uh, As she told the story of the fire It was just That was
2: definitely uh, unreal Yeah that's why I'm begging you to go to break
1: (laughs) All right. Well here's what we're going to do We're going to take a commercial break We're going to hear from our sponsor Essential Touch. Don't forget, you can save 20% off just by telling them that you heard about their product on Post Time with Mike and Mike. We'll be
3: right back.
5: Did you know a MagnaWave treatment can relieve pain, reduce inflammation, improve movement, and increase blood oxygen? Call Maria Ringler, a certified MagnaWave practitioner, at 302-922-0917 to schedule your appointment today at your own barn. Like our Facebook page, The Essential Touch, LLC, and check out our website, theessentialtouchllc.com. Catch the wave.
2: Post Time with Mike and Mike would like to invite you to join us in positively promoting the sport of harness racing. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable and if you sign up for a one-month sponsorship package now, you get one week free. free. That's right, one week free. Free. For more information on how you can sponsor Post Time with Mike and Mike, Please email us at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com. Also, follow us on social media, on Facebook, Post Time with Mike and Mike, also on Twitter at ptmikeandmike1. Welcome
1: back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside Mike Bozich at... uh... Just got wrapped up with a very emotional interview with uh Chantel Mitchell Mike and uh but right now uh coming on is uh Derek Givner from the uh DRF, uh the Daily Racing Forum, the Harness Side anyway. Derek, welcome to the program, bud.
0: I'm glad to be here. I've uh, been listening to you guys uh for the last few weeks and uh happy to be along and you know, contribute a little.
2: Now, Derek, what what actually do you do at the the DRF, the daily racing forum? Give us a little bit of your background.
0: Pretty simple. I'm I'm in charge of everything that's harness racing. So any harness racing content, anything to do with harness racing for the daily racing forum uh, on DRF Harness, uh, I uh, control whether it's uh, the freelance writers or writing myself, uh, the analysis, having the entries up there, past performances, whatever to do with harness racing, that would be uh, something that falls under my umbrella.
5: Now, Derek,
1: uh, we talked a little bit, uh, last week about, you know, you had called races before you've done a lot of things in the business. What got you started in harness racing?
0: Uh, honestly, in 1990, I think it was, uh, one of my, uh, close friends, uh, who's actually in the business, PJ, Avino, who's the race secretary at Saratoga harness. Um, he said, come on, uh, my uncle's going to the track, come with me. I went to Yonkers and, uh, we started going like once a month to go watch the Open Handicap at Yonkers Raceway, horses like Scenic Regal and Dr. Trotter and Fish Story. And H.H. Uh, H. H. Killington is another one I can remember. And you know what? The the rest is history. I started in the business. I answered an ad in Sports Eye, which is now Harness Eye, which 1996 I started working there. And, you know, DRF bought us out in 2005. But uh, it's been 19 years now.
2: Derek, I certainly enjoy reading your articles that you post from time to time. You posted them on social media on drf.com. Are there any articles uh, that you could think of, any pieces that you wrote about over the last couple of years that stand out to you?
0: Um, yeah, I guess there are some that, that you know what, I, I find that when you're writing something, you you know right away whether this is a good article or not. You know, it sticks out like and says, this is a good one. People are going to like reading this. I mean, I wrote one earlier this year about the Jeff Garau which um, I think it was April or something like that. That one kind of spins out in, in my head because I think sometimes he gets a bad rap and sometimes it's his own fault that he gets a bad rap. Um, and I, I really think Jeff means well, but it doesn't always come out that way at, at times. Um, I remember writing one a few years before that, maybe two years ago, something, an article called Greed, where I talked about how it's really not the fact that people might be trainers might be cheating or or using some sort of illegal substance it's it's people don't like it when they rub it in your face and they win 35% rather than winning 18% and make a living
1: Now Derek uh going forward to 2016 obviously we've seen a lot of everything in 2015 whether it be wiggle it jiggle it to uh, you know, Southwind Frank put on some really good performances, Boston Red Rocks and the Breeders' Crown, Freaky Feet Pete. Uh, who are you expecting in 2016 to really show their true colors that maybe kind of fell off the map a little bit in
0: 2015? Huh, that's, a, that's a tough question. Yeah. I mean, you know what, I think most people are, are, are keyed in on, at least in my mind, two horses that I'm most interested in seeing next year are going to be always be Mickey and Mission Breach because i think like everyone else in the world you get enamored with the the speed and the the possibility of something that you've never seen before and i think those are two horses that i think could go out on the track and can do something that i've never seen before and i'm not so sure that any of the other ones whether it be freaky P or maybe wiggle jiggle can i've i've heard the Teagues talk saying that they think that wiggle jiggle can go 45 and change and you know what I'd like to be there to see it, and that's why I travel to track to track and I go to all these different stakes (laughs) races to see those things, to hope that I'm going to see something special like I did when I was at the jug and I saw Pet Rock and, you know, set a world record that day, or when I was this year when Wiggle It Jiggle It was battling down to the wire. I mean, I couldn't have felt more bad for trainer Brian Brown that day. I mean, with gospel words, I really, I really felt for him.
1: Yeah, Derek, I, I, I was there, uh, at the wire and me and, you know, it was a couple of people from the STI. I think it was Allison Conti and a couple of those people and all of us, The there's just the look of shock on everybody's face that, uh, Wiggled jigglet came back the way he did, but I'll tell you, it'd be nice to see him go, uh, 145. And I, I was present for the first sub 150 trot. Now I know a lot of people don't count it, but it happened at colonial downs and, uh, I'll tell you, it's just, it's a wonderful feeling, but I think, you know, performance wise, now granted wigglet jigglet can go fast. We all know that, but his gutsy performance is what made me a fan in that race.
0: You know what? You you can teach certain things. You can't teach speed. And I don't think you can teach heart. Those two things that, you know, the horse either has it or they don't have it, you know, and that's what separates the great horses from the good horses.
2: Derek, you also do some handicapping as well. And, uh, you know, I mean, handicapping is obviously a, a mixed bag. You know, there's so many pieces to the puzzle. A lot of people like to look at time. A lot of people like to look at trips. you got your trip handicappers. Um, you know, you've got your class handicappers. When you attack a race, what's maybe the first thing that you look at, or are there any of those factors that you weigh is more important than the others? I would say
0: right now in the current game, There's nothing more important than who's training the horse. I mean, uh, if you look, you simply, you're not going to win a lot of races picking races if you're picking trainers that are winning 5% of their races. I mean, you kind of have to stick with the top barns, and you could pick your spots from time to time with, you know, a barn that's a lower percentage barn, but I would say that after that, I'm looking for horses that are dropping in class, and especially at a track like the Meadowlands. I watch every race in the Meadowlands. I don't think you can trip handicap as much there. You kind of have to go with who you think the best horse is, and you you have to you have to be a little bit more, use a little bit more ingenuity. You can't just look at the horses that are sharp and just go with them. You have to watch and see those horses at the back of the pack from the week before who were kind of going with the field and then drop down next week, and their line doesn't look that great but then they come back and they race big because they're racing against cheaper horses. Those are the horses you, you win the most money on at the metal at least.
2: Derek Gibner from the daily racing form joining us. Derek, listen, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you putting a link up to our show. You can find that on the harness section of drf.com. If you want to follow along with uh, Mike and Mike and Derek, uh, if uh, anybody'd like to follow you, I know you're, you Twitter and a Facebook guy, where can they follow you at?
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, First, the website is DRF.com slash Harness. You can find all the Harness content there. One of the newest things we've been started doing last year was Harness Live, and we have handicappers at the Meadowlands, Hawthorne, Yonkers, uh, Woodbine, uh, Garnett, Barnsdale, Jeremy Day, Jay Bergman, myself sometimes, talking about the races every Saturday night, which I think is kind of cool to have real-time information there all the time. Um, If you want to follow us on Twitter, where it's at, at DRF Harness on Facebook, DRF Harness. My personal handle is at harness but I do most of the tweeting off at DRF Harness, if not all of it.
2: Sounds good, my friend. We appreciate you joining us.
0: Thank you very much for having me, guys.
2: Good luck all with right. the show. Thank you appreciate very much. That. Derek Gibner from the uh Daily Racing Forum. And uh like we said, uh they're also posting our link on there so uh, just another way to listen to uh, post time with Mike and Mike, you could do so through the harness section of uh dailyracingform.com Mike.
1: yeah definitely that was a uh, that was a lot of fun to see our show and i actually went through, brought up the link and it, it's it's flashing right there for you it's live now so you can't miss it
2: at all Beautiful. Now, before we get to commercial break, I know we've got Aaron Merriman waiting on deck. Brandon Valbo, a little bit towards the end of the show, we'll talk some international harness racing as well. I know you had a chance to sit down with him, but our good friend Sherry Stambaugh, she's done a lot for Maryland Harness Racing over the years, and uh, she wanted to get in on this uh, raising money for the Classy Lane Barnfire. So here's what we're going to do. Our good friend Sherry Stambaugh has a signed picture, a signed whip, and a bobblehead. Of the captain, the one and only captain Corey Callahan. He was on our show last week. If you if you uh, missed it, you could check out the archive. But uh, all this, the signed whip, the signed picture, and the bobblehead of Corey Callahan is going to go to the highest bidder. Now, here's how it's going to work. It's uh, going to be an email bid. You've got one week to bid. You just make your bid by email, and uh, bidding will close next Thursday at one o'clock. Right in time for our show. And uh, we will update the bids on social media daily. So daily for the next seven days, you'll be able to know exactly what the bids are. You'll know what the number is to beat. uh, To beat, yeah. And all you have to do is email your name and bid amount to Sherry. We're going to use her email. Send it to her at billmarfarm2001 at yahoo.com once again it's b-i-l-m-a-r-f-a-r-m 2001 at yahoo.com and 100% of the bid amount will go to the COSA for the the, uh, victims of the fire so once again it's a signed picture a signed whip a bobblehead of the captain Corey Callahan and uh, we'll uh, give you more information uh, about it uh, as well Mike on social media but a great thing uh, being done by Sherry, and, uh, you know, we'll talk more about it is on social media. Make sure you like us on uh, Facebook, follow us on Twitter as uh, the days go along.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, we've got Aaron Merriman coming up next, the 2015 North American Dash Champion. He's also a regular driver at the Meadows in Northfield Park. We'll talk to him after this commercial break. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook.
2: time with Mike and Mike would like to invite you to join us in positively promoting the sport of harness racing our advertising rates are extremely reasonable and if you sign up for a one month sponsorship package now you get one week free, free. that's right one week free, free. For more information on how you can sponsor post time with Mike and Mike Please email us at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com. Also, follow us on social media, on Facebook, Post Time with Mike and Mike, also on Twitter at ptmikeandmike1. Welcome
1: back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside uh, Mike Bozich. Mike, I'll tell you what, we've had a lot of fun so far. But right now we're going to bring in the 2015 North American Dash champion, Aaron Merriman. Aaron, thanks for uh, taking time out of your busy day to uh, join the show today.
3: No, I actually got a uh, pretty uh, easy day today, so uh, (laughs) it's it's okay. Just qualifiers (laughs) this morning. Got a little creak in the voice.
1: Goodness. Well, Aaron, I got to ask, because I just joined the uh, staff at Northfield Park, and uh, I got to ask, how the heck do you do it? Uh, I know you go back and forth from the meadows to Northfield all the time. How in the world do you uh, do you do that? You
3: got to put a lot of miles on the car. Yeah, a lot of miles in the car. Um, you know, some days, especially when you have a good day, you're just kind of rolling, you know. But uh, it, it's not easier, easy, and it's not getting any easier um, to do it. But you, you know, I like uh, you know, I, I, just, I just strive to do the best I can, you know, every day. And I hate letting people down. That's one thing, you know what I mean? When you you have clientele you drive for and things like that, that you just want to show up and, and be there for them.
2: You know, Aaron, you had the final month uh, of an exciting stretch drive of 2016. Uh, coming down to the wire, and wins between yourself, George Napolitano, Jr., who is uh, driving at the track I call at Harrisville, and, of course, Ronnie Wren, who's down there with yourself and Mike. Now, first of all, i got to ask you this, because I know there's a lot of guys that don't like – I know there's a lot of guys that pay attention to how many race calls they have, and I couldn't tell you if you put a gun to my head how many races I've called. But do, do you guys, or do you in particular – pay attention to stats
3: um i particularly don't you know what i mean the only time i ever hear about it is when other people talk about it around me um i don't right uh, i look at the usda to look to see what horses i'm on and doubles you know what i mean but and actually most of the time i don't because um both tracks email me a proof so um i go to the usda if i ever want to see if there's a story or something like that but that's kind of how i get to it i I try not to to worry too much about the stats i think you get self-conscious then
2: well, take us through that final couple of weeks, though, Aaron. I mean, I, you, you pretty much can see George Napolitano raced, I think, until the 13th or 14th. I can't remember the 15th at uh, at Harris. And there was talk about maybe him going to Pompano, um, but uh, he decided not to. Now, I guess at that point, I think you were down maybe five or six or seven, and with a couple of weeks to go, you had to feel that you had it wrapped up at that point.
3: Um, yeah, I guess. You know, um, I would have really rather him drove at Pompano. Um, Just you know, I think I win, you know, like host of 45 race in the last couple of weeks, you know what I mean? Like, and, you know, he would have been on, had been on top of his game, which he always is, you know, to do it, you know, but you get the people, you know, chirping saying, oh, well, Georgia didn't even drive the last couple of weeks and this, that, and the other, whatever. And you know, when you win something, you know, like I said, I always try to like take it as a body of work and, you know, it's a, it's a full year for me. And, you know, it's a day to day thing for me, you know, I, I don't, you know it's it's a nice accomplishment especially now that they're giving the award for it um but you, you don't want to win it by in some people's eyes by a default you know or or something like that so um I really really wish you would have come even to Northfield to participate or you know drove at Pompano know whether they race enough or not. you know what i mean um j- just so people would have <laughs> maybe uh, played it a little bit more
1: right now now Aaron, this year has been a spectacular year for you uh you got to drive in the Hamiltonian Oaks. On Hamiltonian Day, uh, Smoke and Mumbo. What was that like to uh, be involved with a, a big race like that at the Meadowlands?
3: I mean, it's phenomenal. You know, the last couple of years, I've had a, uh, you know, a lot more opportunity on the Grand Circuit, and you know, you know, being, you know, from from the Midwest, I, I would say, you know, especially Ohio, you know, you don't see guys, you know, leaving, you know, Northfield or the Meadows just to, to go, you know, driving those races. And I, you know, what I mean, I, I just take a lot of pride in it, and. Anytime you get to participate, I mean, in any way, uh, on days like that, you know, I mean, the you know, prestigious days in our sport, it, it's just, it's amazing, you know, it's, it's really, really surreal, and um, I am, I embrace and feel blessed every single time I get to, to go, go on the racetrack, especially on days like that.
2: Now, Aaron, we're going to go ahead and look to uh, 2016 in just a moment, but before we do that, we're going to turn back the clock. We're going to talk about Aaron Merriman as is uh, as a young boy growing up. When did you know that driving horses was something that you wanted to do?
3: I was probably 20. (laughs) Um, I didn't really get, I wasn't really that enthused. I loved watching my dad drive um, and loved coming to the races. My mother and father divorced, you know, every other weekend, sometimes on the weekends, you know, every weekend or, you know, spring breaks. But I really, really enjoyed watching my dad drive and, you know what I mean? Like, and always, you know, even though sometimes like, you know, he had an odd schedule, but I always liked that he could say, Hey, you know, I mean, Oh, I can get, you got kids now, or you know what I mean? Kind of made his own schedule, but (laughs) You know, I got into sports in in you know high school and stuff like that, and then I attempted college a couple of times, and it just felt like it wasn't really for me. And I, um, you know, I drove my first horse. I think I maybe drove a qualifier when I was 19, but I never started driving until I was like 20. Um, but once you once you sit behind a horse once at speed, I mean, it either gets you or it doesn't. But it got me, you know, and I just loved it from the from the first time.
1: Now, Aaron, what's uh, what's 2016 look like for you? Are there any horses that maybe you've got your eye on where you can wind up some of them big races or uh, maybe even your driving schedule? I see it hasn't changed much, uh, but uh, anybody you got your eye on?
3: You know, I, I don't really know of any, you know, I drove a couple of nice two year olds, you know, last year, um, you know, Ohio breds. And I really think one can, you know, I think she could perform, you know, what I mean, towards the Grand Circuit level um you know Ohio. Right. you know we got a lot of sires back which is which is great and this is kind of my home base this and the meadows but i i kind of am in a tough spot a lot of times because i don't go to qualifiers a lot because i'm usually racing for money in the afternoon you know what i mean like when northfield's qualifying or the meadows i'm either one of those two places so i'm kind of a guy that pick up a lot of horses um from guys just not picking them you know what i mean and right. it, it's really really worked out for me you know i i, I you know, last year I had a couple of horses I, that I knew I was going to drive the next year, but um, this year I can't really think of anything offhand, but believe me, I'll be very, very eager and uh, aggressive when it comes to um, people asking me to go on the road, you know, but actually this winter I've had a bunch of people ask me to go to Miami, Ohio, uh, as per my schedule, um, on Fridays and Sundays, but I said, I've, I drive enough <laughs> right now, and it's, you know, it's winter, and it's cold, and
2: You know, the four days
3: a week, Meadows and Northfield are piggybacking each other, you know, on the same day. So, I'm kind of like, you know, I got four days. Like, I'm going to the Cavs game tonight, you know. um, I've got Brown season tickets, and I'm on the waiting list for the Cavs season tickets. So, I'm kind of like, you you know, trying to like maybe dial it down just a tad. You know, and I have a daughter that lives in California, and I I went out there too. So, you know, as for any horse, particular horse, you know, I I do look for Chris Beaver to have some nice horses. And and Arla just had some nice horses, and those are Ohio-based guys and I plan on going anywhere they want me to go. And, and I also drove some for, you know, Ike said and things like that. So that's what I'm kind of aiming for and trying not to overdo it early is what I'm trying to do.
2: What's the dream race
3: for Aaron Merriman to win? <sighs> you know, if you asked me five years ago, I'd say a little brown jug, but I think the Hamiltonian would be um, the dream race for me to win. I, when you first start driving horses, like I, I think a lot of the guys will say the same thing. Any nice horse is a nice horse, but if you drive a nice trotter, it's just there's just something special about the breed. It's you know in the gait and stuff like that. Just to be able to drive nice trotters is is unbelievable compared to a, you know a nice pacer. I don't I don't think they even I don't even think they compare. But I, the Hamiltonian, I love the little love the little brown jug. I love the camaraderie that you get there. You know what I mean it's kind of a you know laid-back fair kind of party atmosphere but we'll just say for the pace you know a little brown jug and for the you know on the trot and overall i'd say the hamiltonian
1: well we got aaron merriman the 2015 north american dash driving champion aaron we certainly appreciate you uh taking time out of your day to join us and uh it's uh been a lot of fun calling it northfield park and uh hopefully we'll be calling you soon in the future
3: yeah you know northfield uh they, they they do a good job you know what i mean and um I noticed that you, you know, got a job there and I'm glad I pursued you to are you're a younger guy. And I'm just really kind of, you know, I mean, you can bring some new things just like this show here, you know, and I, I'm all about, you know, I mean, either social media or, you know, bringing this sport up, you know, I mean, just not, we got to start marketing something, you know, and, you know, I'm just congratulations on your hire. And like I said, I'm sure you you'll did. like the area.
1: Appreciate it, Aaron. Well that was Aaron Merriman, the uh two thousand six or excuse me, two thousand fifteen uh North American Dash Driving Champion. Aaron, uh good luck to you going forward.
2: Well, I think he left you, Mike. I think you ran him off. <laughs> Either that or I right, pressed right. the button too quick. I hung I hung up on him. Here we got the two thousand and fifteen North American Dash Driving Champion. And the only thing he's gonna remember about the show is Mike Bosich hung up on him.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Come on.
2: What are we? What are we gonna do? You know what I mean? I mean, listen, I'm a wizard. This thing.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Aaron, listen, if you're still
2: listening, to... I'm very, very sorry. It was, it was Mike Carter's fault.
1: So yeah, yeah, it was my fault. Listen, we've been trying to teach Mike Bozich how to use this studio for three months now and you know what? He's getting the hang of it, except for the fact that he hangs up on people.
2: (laughs) Well, well, there you go. Hanging up on the guests is always a good thing. Listen, Mike, real quick, I know we've got to get the brand of Valvo. You guys had a chance to sit down and talk a little bit about uh, some of the international going-ons, and we certainly uh, are looking forward to that. But uh, I do want to uh, just remind for anybody that just might have missed it uh, about 10, 15 minutes ago, our good friend Sherry Stamball, she's done a lot for Maryland Harness Racing. She has a signed picture a signed whip and a bobblehead of the one and only Captain Corey Callahan, and it's going to the highest bidder with 100% of the proceeds going to the COSA for the victims of the Classy Lane fire. And uh, here's how it's going to work you'll have one week to bid. Bids will be by email, It'll kind of be a blind bid. However, we will be updating the bids on a daily basis for the next seven days on social media. Now, the bidding closes Thursday at 1 p.m. And all you have to do is email your name and bid amount to Sherry. And her email, I'll give you about uh, one second to get a pen and a piece of paper. It's Bill Mar Farm, B-I-L-M-A-R-F-A-R-M, 2001, at com. Once again, that's B-I-L-M-A-R-F-A-R-M, 2001, at com. 100% of the uh, bid amounts and the proceeds will be going to the COSA for the victims of the fire. So, Hey, you could own some cool signed Corey Callahan memorabilia and the money is uh, certainly going to a very, very good cause Mike.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, anything that you, we can do to help raise money, uh, for, um, for the COSA is just, you know, anything can help whether it be, you know, uh, material donations or anything like that. So, uh, Anything we can do to continue to help the COSA uh, would definitely be worth it.
2: No question about it. Well, Mike, when we come back, I know you had a chance to sit down and talk to Brandon Valbo about uh, some international racing. So we'll get to that. But before we do, I uh, do want to remind everybody that one of our sponsors, Essential Touch, is offering you a fantastic deal. All you have to do is go into Essential Touch and tell them that you heard it here on the Post Time with Mike and Mike show. And if you do, you can put some money in your pocket. You could save 20%. All you have to do is say, hey, You heard it on Post Time with Mike and Mike, and boom, 20% comes off the deal. We've got Brandon Falbo and when we come back, you've got Post Time with Mike and Mike. Stick around.
1: The Trotcast with Ryan Macedonio is an epic podcast adventure. Join Ryan as he interviews the most infamous people in harness racing and find out why he's doing this 30-second commercial spot with an English accent. Listen, I don't know why I'm doing that, but download The Trotcast with Ryan Macedonio on Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, the Harness Racing Fanzone app. Google it. To preview this week's episode, I have Amy Holler. Here's the entire Amy Holler interview in five seconds.
2: Did you know a MagnaWave treatment can relieve pain, reduce inflammation, improve movement, and increase blood oxygen? Call Maria Ringler, a certified MagnaWave practitioner, at 302 922 0917 to schedule your appointment today at your own barn. Like our Facebook page, Essential Touch LLC. Check out our website, theessentialtouchllc.com. Catch the wave.
1: Welcome back to Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And joining us right now is Brandon Valvo. And, Brandon, I'll tell you what. We've seen some uh, fun things internationally this week. Uh, Let's talk about that for a little bit.
4: Uh, Yeah, okay. So we had the Pretty Belgique on Sunday. And... Bold Eagle, you know, went into this race with some question marks. He had won five races in a row, um, but they were all against his own age group. Uh, And this was his first time stepping up into open company. And he was
2: really, really
4: spectacular again to win his sixth race in a row. And he just did it so easily. You know, he just tracked right in the cover flow the whole time. Uh, the whole 2,850 meters, and at the top of the stretch, his driver just tipped him tipped him out and gave him some tracks to work with, and he just, it seemed like in a matter of a couple strides, he was up by three lengths, and he was just coasting. I mean, it was it was really something.
1: Now, I know there were some questions about Bold Eagle, if he could challenge the likes of, say, Tomoku or some of those other horses. Did this race prove that he could uh, hang with those horses? Well, it certainly proved that, uh, and,
4: and I mean, let, let's be fair, there, was some, there were some question marks, but he was still the race's favorite, a pretty big favorite, so a lot of people were pretty confident in him. Um, you know, it, there was no Tomoko in this field, but he was facing some nice horses. Um, Voltageo de Mert, who uh, was on the lead the whole race and ended up finishing second, uh, is a very tough horse, a very good horse, and, you know, it's not like the pace collapsed and he just kind of took advantage, you know. And there were horses who were up there in the front the whole way who were still there at the finish. And he's, he's just in a class of his own right now. And, um, you know, that, that'll be the, the test in, uh, in two weeks in the pre when he faces Tomoko because now that's basically the only big horse he hasn't faced yet. Um, so that'll be the big matchup for sure.
1: Now, Brandon, I see you, you, you tweeted out uh, a couple of days ago the list of contenders for the Prix d'Amerique. And uh, the list looks very strong. I've been kind of following through Harness Racing America. Um, t- take us through a couple of those horses. Obviously, we know who Tomoku is. We know who Bold Eagle is over the past few weeks. But the list, uh, some others that maybe uh, others people do not know.
4: Um, Sure. So uh, one horse I would say is... Um is Voltigeur de Merck. We were just brought him up a second ago. He's he's a pretty solid contender. Um, you know, he's a pretty nice horse. He just finished second to Bold Eagle. He's he's pretty he's a pretty strong type of horse. Um, and, and you know, the, he'll be a pretty big price too because he he, he um, you know he's no Bold Eagle and he might not have that name recognition, but he's a pretty solid contender in his own right. Um, It's interesting, kind of the dark horse, I guess you could say, last year's winner, up and quick. You know, he hasn't really shown a lot since he came back. He hasn't shown a ton of form. Uh, He he was off the board again in the Prix de Belgique this past weekend. But the interesting thing was, after the finish line, it seemed like he actually flew past just about everybody. Didn't. Um, so you know, last year he wasn't very good on the whole road building up to it either, and they had him just at his peak, just ready to fire on the day of the race, so it'll be interesting to see what he does this time around, because um, it, it, you, you never really know how much they're keeping in reserve in these prep races, so it'll be interesting to see how much more he offers. Um, and coming from way out of the clouds like that isn't really his style either. He was, you know, he had no position in this Sunday's race. And so if he can get, you know, he's the kind of horse who likes to track with some cover or be just a few lengths off the pace rather than way out of it. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, when the big is on the line, how much he can step
1: up. Now, now is this a race coming up that you're going to want to be more towards the front end, or can a contender from off the pace win? oh,
4: well, you know, with an 18-horse field and, you know, everybody's going to be, you know, 100%. This is what they've been building up to for the last couple of months since the beginning of November. So, uh, you know, it'll really it'll really depend on the race dynamics, I think. Um, it's probably – it would probably be tough to win on the lead. Uh, you're never – you know, I don't think anybody's going to get an easy lead. uh um, I think it mostly depends on how the race sets up you know it's a pretty fair racetrack I think right the lead is probably tough but if you're close to the pace I think you could win with the right trip or if you get the right trip even from out of it you could probably win it really depends on how the race sets up
1: though Okay. Now Brandon tell uh, tell our listeners where they can uh watch the race uh in couple in two Sundays, oh I say in two Sundays in two weeks and uh maybe where they can uh check some of your information out on Horse Racing America.
4: Uh yeah, so we'll have links on Harness Racing America and how to watch the race live. So stay tuned for that and we'll have contender profiles for every horse in the field. So we'll do um a pretty pretty in-depth look at every single horse in the field Um, and it'll probably be the only only preview out there in English so definitely take a look at that (laughs) at registration america.com
1: well Brendan I know I've seen you know like for the international trot and I know for the elite lap last year you did a lot of work for the uh, international uh, analysis wise that was I mean it was Well beyond what I knew, obviously, or anybody else really knew over here. And, uh, where, where do you, where do you get a lot of your information from? I know we talked a little bit, uh, a few weeks back about, you know, the late app, but do you, is it more just watching replays or is it really studying these horses?
4: Um, it's kind of both. Uh, I try to watch the races live and then when I'm writing the recap, I'll watch the replay a couple of times, um. Something that's really nice. Over there you can
5: look at a horse's lifetime past performances for you know, for free. Oh wow. So you know, I have
4: I, I always kind of joke that it's like it's much easier for me actually to find information about these horses than it is horses racing in North America. So um I'm able I have a big advantage that way. If I didn't have access to that it would be much tougher. Um
1: all right. Well, Brandon, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show again this week. You're our uh, international guru, so to speak, and uh, we certainly appreciate having you on.
4: All right. Thanks for having me.
1: No problem. Well, we'll talk with Brandon again in uh, a couple of weeks with the pre-Day at Uh We'll recap that race, and, again, you can uh, get the link to watch it at HarnessRacingAmerica.com. When we come back from commercial break, we'll have lots more on Post Time with Mike and Mike.
5: industry support group
1: focused on promoting harness racing in maryland friends of maryland standard breads works hand in hand with charities involving children and horses such as the harness horse youth foundation friends of maryland standard breads is actively involved with organizations such as the maryland horse council and the maryland horse industry board working together to promote the horse industry in maryland follow friends of maryland standard breads on twitter and like them on facebook
2: Post Time with Mike and Mike would like to invite you to join us in positively promoting the sport of harness racing. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable, and if you sign up for a one-month sponsorship package now, you get one week free. free. That's right, one week free. Free. For more information on how you can sponsor Post Time with Mike and Mike, Please email us at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com. Also, follow us on social media, on Facebook, Post Time with Mike and Mike, also on Twitter at ptmikeandmike1. All right, we're back. Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Bozich, Mike Carter, Rise. Getting to the point, we're going to wrap up uh, this program, but we certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, we're going to be on at 1 o'clock for, I believe, the next couple weeks, and then starting in uh, mid-February, we're going to go back to our 7 o'clock time slot. So, Once again, we'll keep you up to date on social media. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and all that good stuff. And Mike, uh, speaking uh, of uh, our little chatter segment here, I did want to mention that uh, the Meadowlands mix sale ended a couple of days ago. And, of course, we had Chantal Mitchell on at the beginning of the program. And uh, Lindy's True Grit, the fantastic trotter, uh, was purchased by Ontario's Brad Grant. was the sale topper at $125,000, and Brad lost four horses in the fire. They were all trained by Ben Wallace. And uh, Brad also, uh, along with Lindy's True Grit, got a pretty nice uh, four-year-old Philly Pacer A+ uh... for eighty thousand dollars and spent the seventy thousand dollars on a three-year-old male pacer easy lover Hanover. both of those were trained by tony alani in the past and tony was very high on those horses so looks like brad grant is uh... without question uh, putting uh, a little bit of a stable back together, and the Ben Wallace will be training these horses, uh, especially Lindy's True Grid, $125,000. I thought that was a very good buy. This is a horse uh, who I had a chance to call it here in Philadelphia uh, throughout the 2015 meet. Always was a very, very solid presence against the top trotters there. And uh, good luck to Brad Grant, good luck to Ben Wallace and uh, everybody in, uh, involved there as they uh, look to rebuild their stables, Mike.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, that's, you know what, it's good to see these guys, you know, picking up and being able to move on. I know there's some people, it may seem like they're moving on a little fast, but I'll tell you that that, sometimes that's just, you know, how people grieve, number one. But number two, you know, you can't dwell on it. And that's, you know, that's the big thing. And, you know, talking with Chantel Mitchell, uh, it was definitely a tear jerking interview, but you could tell that there was, you know, sort of a little bit of peace. With her that, you know, that they can move on and, you know, really come together as one uh, stable, so to speak, and uh, move forward from this fire.
2: Well, yeah, there was certainly some resolve there in her Mm -hmm. interview, and you can tell, Mike, that, um, and I know it's kind of a cliche, but, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and it's absolutely the truth. And, uh, you know, Chantal is, I have no question that Chantal and Ben and Roger Mayad and the others are uh, certainly going to uh, continue on, rebuild their stables, and come back bigger and better than ever. Well, Mike, you've got some other news also.
1: Yeah, we, um, I've been, I was, kind of looking at the usta page i was looking to see if anybody had canceled live racing for this weekend there are no cancellations at this time but looking for that um i did find that the ohio fairs announcer chris patterson um is recovering from a broken leg apparently he slipped and fell on ice last week and uh, his leg is broken in three places and the address for the rehab facility where he is is listed on the usta website but mike uh Besides Ayers and I, uh, there's a few other Ohio Fair announcers, and Chris is one of them, and uh, it's uh, unfortunate to hear that.
2: Yeah, Chris has been around for a long, long time, and luckily that don't affect his voice. I mean, obviously the leg, you know, it's one thing, but the voice should be in fine work and order. Uh, so, but anyway, hats off to it, Chris, and hopefully uh, you know, he'll, uh, he'll certainly get better from that and we'll be hearing his golden tones in the near future. One more thing, Mike, before we let you go, I do want to – uh, once again, uh, talk about this uh, this email bid. Our good friend Sherry Stambaugh does a lot for Maryland Harness Racing. Uh, wants to uh, raise some money for the COSA for the victims of the uh, Classy Lane fires. So, what uh, she's going to do? She's got a signed picture, a signed whip, and a bobblehead of. The one and only Captain Corey Callahan, and it's going to go to the highest bidder. You have one week to bid. Bids will be taken by email, and bidding closes Thursday next week at 1 p.m. Now, we will update the bids on social media daily. So uh, once a day, you'll know exactly what the the number is to beat. And all you have to do if you'd like to bid is email your name and bid amount to Sherry. Her email is BillMarFarm2001 at Yahoo.com. It's B-I-L-M-A-R-F-A-R-M two thousand and one at yahoo.com but once again one hundred percent of the uh proceeds, the bid amounts will go to the uh Central Ontario Standard Bred Association for the victims of the uh Class Lane fires. So hats off to Sherry and uh, make sure you get your bids in and hey you can own some uh, cool Corey Captain uh or Co- Captain Corey Callahan memorabilia and all the money's going to a terrific cause.
1: Now, something else we want to tell listeners as well, of course, you know, we've had our GoFundMe page up. We noticed that we're still getting a couple of donations, and we certainly, certainly appreciate that. However, all the funds have uh, been transferred to the COSA, and we're asking at this point that if you have any donations to make, please, please, please make them to the official COSA um, GoFundMe page. Uh, we're trying to make sure that uh, Kathy Mountain and that gang get all of the funds that they um, are due to them, and uh, they are at $412,000, and if you include our $9,000, they are at a little over 421000 So So uh, we're so thankful we were able to help them out, but please make sure that you're donating to the official page at this point uh, so that we can um, make sure that they are getting all the funds.
2: And hats off to all the people that donated to uh, wherever you donated. If you donated here, if you donated uh, directly to the COSA, it was such an outpouring of support from the uh, harness racing community. And like I said, the article just floored me. Uh, I think I brought this up last week, but it's always worth mentioning the fifth most successful GoFundMe campaign in the country of Canada. That is unbelievable. So hats off to the the horsemen, the racetracks, uh, anybody that uh, did anything that donated uh, any amount of money. Uh, you are to be commended for uh, coming together to help these uh, these fine people.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, Mike, uh, looking, we're looking ahead to next week. Uh, first post is going to be one o'clock again. Um, again, a couple, just a couple more weeks and then we'll go back to our nighttime slot. However, my, and you know, great. Mike going back to Harris, Philadelphia soon, but, uh, you know what, if you guys enjoy the afternoon show, you know, give us some feedback. We're, we're always open to, uh, you know, feedback about our show and you can do that by a couple of ways. Number one, you can go to our, uh, Facebook page. You can go to Twitter. Uh, You can send us a message in both places. And Mike, you can also get us an email at ptmikeandmike at yahoo.com. We sure love to hear from you.
2: That's right. You can email us. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Uh, You know, Mike Carter is our social media uh, director and guru when he does an outstanding job of keeping everybody, including me up to date on the going ons. And, uh, and uh, yeah, obviously we, we love hearing suggestions, we love hearing feedback about our show, we want to make this show the best it could possibly be, and anything that uh, you've got to say, positive or negative, it doesn't matter, anything you've got to say, uh, you know, uh, we'll uh, definitely take those, uh, we'll take the advice. Yes,
1: definitely. Well, Mike, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun, Where did I don't even know, where did this hour go? i tell you, it seems like uh, every week the
2: hours get shorter. Yeah, it was a tremendous show, and we certainly appreciate all our guests, Chantal, uh, Derek Gibner, Aaron Merriman, Brandon Bamble, take taking times out of their busy days uh, to join us. And uh, stay tuned, fo- follow us on social media, because uh, we'll have our guest list for next week's show coming up soon. And also, don't forget... You can follow us uh, now on uh, DRF.com, the Harness site. The link will be right there. So there's another avenue to listen to our program. Special thanks to uh, Derek for that. We also want to thank our new sponsors, uh, Fantasy Trot, our good friend Ryan Macedonio. Uh, we'll, uh, you'll be hearing uh, about his uh, podcast as the uh, show goes forward. And also uh, a surprise next week. Uh, I'll keep that uh, under wraps, or maybe we'll release it on social media. We do have a surprise for you next week as far as another segment, ongoing series that we're going to incorporate in the show and don't forget about essential touch all you have to do is go in there and say listen 20 percent off or no just say you've heard it here on post time with mike and mike and boom they'll give you 20 percent off so you could save some money on all your essential touch needs friends of maryland standard breads all our sponsors we certainly appreciate all the help
1: yeah definitely well mike uh i think it's about time we uh wrap the show up for mike bozich i'm mike carter we thank you for joining us we'll see you next week first post at one o'clock